Hi everybody and welcome to Toro Sports Talks. I'm your host Peter Toro. Today is June 12th. Let's get started. The Women's World Cup is underway in France and yesterday the U.S. Women's National Team took on Thailand. They won 13 to nothing. It's a World Cup record for most goals in a single game at the World Cup for the men or the women. Alex Morgan scored five goals. Rose Lavelle had two. Lindsay Horan had one. Sam Mewis had two. Megan Rapino, Mallory Pugh, and Carly Lloyd also scored in the match. Now, what has a lot of people talking is not the game as much and the domination from the U.S. However, people, a lot of people have taken exception to the U.S. running up the score in the World Cup and also celebrating each goal. So that's going to be the main topic for today's podcast. Personally, I think it's all ridiculous. If you have a problem with the United States running up the score, then you shouldn't even be keeping score. It's the World Cup. The entire point, this, this is the best tournament in the world. This is the top uh, teams in the world all playing in a tournament. The entire point is to win. If you take exception to the U.S. running scoring 13 goals, then you shouldn't be keeping score. What, what, what's the point of keeping score then? There are winners. There are losers. This isn't rec. This isn't high school. You, you, you play to win the game. They, they, they scored 13 goals. Thailand, the, and, you know, the people are saying, oh, they should have been uh, passing the ball more. That's more disrespectful than it is to not play them at all. The, you know, to just sit back and bounce the ball around for 20 minutes to end the game would have been more disrespectful than to just continue to play the game the way the game is meant to be played, which is putting the ball into the back of the net. So the, I don't have a single problem in the world with the U.S. scoring 13 times. If Thailand wants to stop them, then they play better. I think they're going to get better from that game. It's, a, you know, it's, it's the World Cup. The entire point is to win the World Cup. Goal differential is a huge part of the World Cup. I think the problem is, you know, with a lot of Americans, maybe they don't know that because they don't watch a lot of soccer. Maybe they're new. Maybe that's why they have trouble watching. I don't know. But the goal differential is a huge part of the World Cup, and it comes into play all the time. The U.S. doesn't have to worry about their goal differential if they win the next two games. Goal differential doesn't mean anything as long as you win now. For other teams, that's not going to be the case. They're going to have to score more goals, and goal differential will be something that's in the back of their heads. The U.S. doesn't have to worry about that now that they scored 13 goals. So to say, you know, if you're really that upset about the goal differential with the U.S. winning by 13, then you don't know. A couple things. You don't know about the game. You don't care about the game. And then you're disrespecting the game in, in the sense that, oh, well, what's the point of continuing to play? You can feel bad about it. You can feel bad about it because Thailand just isn't that good. The U.S., you have the two ends of the spectrum on the world stage there of the U.S. being at the very top and Thailand not. That's completely different. But to say that the U.S. should just stop playing altogether is just ridiculous. Another thing that people... Uh, are reacting to on Twitter is the celebrations. Four players for the U.S. that scored. It was their first time ever scoring on a World Cup stage. 
are you kidding me? You're going to start complaining about the U.S. and their celebrations now? It's the World Cup. It's the biggest stage of the... It's the biggest stage. It's the biggest tournament in the world. It's the one time that it captivates the whole world, men or women. Especially for the women, though. This is the biggest that their careers are ever going to get. This is the number one... Uh, tournament that they're going to be featured in. Everyone's watching. They scored a goal in the World Cup. It's their dream to score in a World Cup. That's anyone's dream that's ever played soccer is to do that. And they just did it in front of everyone. Why wouldn't you celebrate? I think it's just so silly to get upset about a team celebrating goals. I don't care what the score is. If I'm scoring, guess what? If I'm Alex Morgan and I scored five goals, yeah, I'm going to count every single goal that I counted on my fingers, too, after I score them. If I'm, you know, Sam Mewis or Mallory Pugh or Rose Lavelle and I just scored my first World Cup goal, I'm going to freak out, too. I think everyone in that situation is going to freak out. You know why? Because you just scored on the biggest stage in the world. It's ridiculous to think otherwise. People are getting upset because, oh, you know, you're disrespecting the game. You know, a bunch of Fox Sports in Canada went off and all the Canadian players and, you know, the Fox Sports and uh, one of the German, ex-German players, one of the ex-England players, they all got upset too about the U.S. and the celebrations of goals and this and that. I think the bigger problem here is that all the foreign players don't like the U.S. winning. It, maybe if the foreign players are better and they could beat the U.S., then th this wouldn't be an issue. I think that's the bigger problem is that the U.S. is good. People don't like the U.S. winning soccer for the women's side, and they're tired of it. If you're tired, beat them. Then you can celebrate all you want. But the, the fact that you're going to get mad about young players scoring big-time goals in, in a big-time game you know, it doesn't get bigger than the World Cup. And, you know, I've been reading stuff on Twitter. People are saying, oh, you know, they're acting like they just scored, you know, a last-minute winner. On the, well, they, they scored a goal on the biggest stage that they're ever going to play in. That's ever, they, there is nothing above the World Cup. Scoring in the World Cup is a big deal. You should be able to celebrate it. Let the kids play. I don't understand it. The same issue is happening in baseball right now with Madison Bumgarner getting upset about giving up a home run every single time. You're not allowed to look at the ball when you hit the home run. Guess what? If I hit a home run off of Madison Bumgarner and I put the ball into the bay, I'm going to watch the ball go into the ocean. Max Muncy said it perfectly. If you, you want to get mad at me you know, about hitting the home run, go get the ball out of the ocean. I think the same applies here for the U.S., for the women's team, for, the, for soccer. You don't want me celebrating goals, don't let me score. It's the same thing, and it goes both ways. If you make a big save, you should be able to celebrate it. You should be able to pump your fist, scream, and do something. If you make a huge tackle in a game that matters, you should get pumped from it. You should be able to pump your fist. You score a goal in the World Cup on the biggest stage, you should be able to celebrate it. Let them play, let them have fun. I don't understand, the, the, it's not disrespecting the game, it's not being disrespectful. It's just being happy that you did something good. You're allowed to be happy. There are winners. There are losers. You're allowed to be happy if you're on the winning side. If you're on the losing side, learn from it. Get better from it. Thailand, I think, will get better from it. And again, it's nothing to say shame on Thailand. Like, they're doing their best they can. The, the biggest thing is, you know, they have a lack of resources, you know, that it pales in comparison to the United States. 
no one wants to talk about that. And, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, the U.S., it's poor sportsmanship. Alex Morgan was one of the first players to go over to Thailand because they, Thailand has a player that's also went to Cal where Alex Morgan went. First thing, went over to her, gave her a big hug as she's crying and consoled her. Numerous players did that. Carly Lloyd was one of them. Megan Rapino was one of them. Went over to the goalie and, you know, consoled them. And the crowd was great last night for that game, if you continue to watch. Uh, Thailand got a, a, just as much as an ovation as the U.S. did. So uh, I, I think the problem about sportsmanship is a ridiculous question. And, you know, it's just silly to bring that up in such a huge, huge game that the U.S. has been just waiting to get to ever since they won the last World Cup. It's been the countdown to get back to to get to France, and here they are, and they just put up 13. It's a huge game. It's a big win for the U.S., and they're going to continue to... They're going to look to continue to bring that up this Sunday against Chile. In addition to the United States playing in the World Cup, there are many other teams that are just as, just as competitive in this World Cup that have a shot at going all the way. So I want to talk, give some love to some of the other countries in this tournament. First team that I want to talk about is Australia. They're in Group C among Italy, Brazil, and Jamaica. Australia struggled in their first game against Italy and lost 2-1. to one. The one goal came from Sam Kerr on a penalty. She is one of the best, if not the best, player in this World Cup. She already has the most goals in the National Women's Soccer League here in America since the league started and this year for the Chicago Red Stars she has six goals in six matches and for her career in Australia she has 31 goals now 32 goals in 77 appearances for the Matildas. The biggest game that's going to be to watch for Australia is going to be the next one that they play tomorrow on June 13th against Brazil. The last time they played Brazil, they lost to them in the Olympics. So look for the Matildas to beat Brazil in that game. It's a huge game considering that Australia didn't pick up any points in their first match and Brazil picked up three against Jamaica. Now, to stay in the group, Jamaica also looked really good against Brazil in that loss. Sydney Schneider is the goalkeeper for Jamaica. She played out of her mind. She stood on her head. She saved a, a penalty in that game against Brazil. And Christiane for Brazil scored three goals. Now that Group C, I think, is the most is one of the most interesting uh, groups in the entire World Cup because Brazil and Australia, I believe, are the two most talented teams. However, Italy picked up the three points against Australia. So if Italy wins one of their next two games, they're more than likely going to be in to the next round. Australia, I think, has the ability to come back against Brazil and get a result. Um, Jamaica is another team that if they continue to play as well as they did against Brazil, that could cause a lot of chaos in that group. Now, the top two teams from each group makes it into the next round, into the knockout round. So right now, that would be Brazil and Italy. However, the top four third-place teams also advance to the next round. So it's really op wide open in that group, I believe, for some craziness to occur between Australia and Jamaica fighting for that third spot, and even Australia shaking things up into that top two. Another team to look out for in this Women's World Cup is England. 
They won the She Believes Cup this year. In qualifying for the World Cup, they scored 29 goals while only allowing one. They're a very attacking team. Now, the best player on their team is probably Lucy Bronze at right back. She's probably the best right back in the world. And she they, they looked really dangerous against Scotland. Scotland was able to kind of hold their own in that game for some of them. Then England pulled away towards the end. However, England really is a team that could break out this World Cup among um, Group D with teams Argentina, Japan, and Scotland. That I think that group is England's to take. They play after beating Scotland. It really sets them up nicely to if win another game, advance to the knockout round. And England looks dangerous with that back, with that right side. With that being said, there's still plenty of soccer left to be played with today, marking only the second match day and the first start to the second match day for the Women's World Cup. So here are the predictions for the rest of the tournament. For Golden Ball, which is the best player of the tournament, I have Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino, I think, is going to be the most dangerous player in the World Cup, especially coming off the wing and serving in players like Alex Morgan, Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd. The list goes on for the U.S. Golden Boot, I had Sam Kerr. However, after Alex Morgan's five goals, that doesn't look like it's going to hold up. But I still have faith that Sam Kerr is going to make a lot of noise in this World Cup and make some big goals for Australia and for the Matildas to advance out of the group stage. Golden Glove, which is the best goalie, I think is going to go to Sydney Schneider of Jamaica or Endler of Chile. Endler for Chile st also stood on her head as well as Sydney Schneider uh, saving that big penalty. My starting 11 through match day one of the World Cup goes like this. Jennifer Hermosa for Spain completed two penalty kicks in her opening match against South Africa to give Spain the win in a game where they didn't look great but as, as a team for Spain, but Jennifer Hermosa was spectacular on the ball in space. She created a lot of space around her as well as created a bunch of opportunities for her teammates which they weren't able to complete. However, she completed the two PKs to give Spain the win. Alex Morgan also is among the list. Makes the starting 11. Alex Morgan scored five goals for the U.S. in her opening match. Barbara Bonacia scored two goals for Italy and completed the goal for in the 95th minute to beat Australia in a shocking win for Italy's first win in, two, in 20 years in their first appearance in over 20 years in the World Cup. Also, Sam Mewis scored two goals and two assists in her first World Cup game. Those are her first two goals in the World Cup. Youngster Janine Becky for Canada was very dangerous in her opening match. Cristiane for Brazil scored three goals in the opening match. Cameroon defense, Cristiane Mane is the captain for Cameroon, and Cameroon was really able to frustrate, frustrate Canada in the game, however, gave up one goal. Mane was a big part of holding Canada to the one goal early on. New Zealand defense, Ali Riley frustrated the Dutch and led to the, sub, the substitution of Van de Sanden. And she, she locked Van de Sanden down as one of the more dynamic attackers in the World Cup. Riley deserves a lot of credit. Again, center back for France is Wendy Renard. She scored two goals, two headers for France. She was able to get up and in on the attack as well as play lockdown defense in the opening match for France. And to round up the defense is Lucy Bronze, who, again, is probably 
the number one right back in the world for England. She was a huge attacking threat and great lockdown defense on the right flank. To sum up, the starting 11 for match day one of the Women's World Cup was Sydney Schneider, who had three saves and saved one PK. Sydney Schneider, despite the uh, final goal tally for Brazil, which was three, kept Jamaica in that game for much longer than they really deserved to. Sydney Schneider played out of her mind and, and will look to continue that on through match day two. That's the starting 11 through match day one for the Women's World Cup. Thank you for listening, as always, to Toro Sports Talks. I'm your host, Peter Toro.